Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion for Tuesday, May 8th, 2018. Here today to recap Monday Night Raw from last night, where it's interesting, usually the night after a pay-per-view, you'd expect to see a lot of fallout, uh, what happens next in some of these storylines, but the two biggest matches for Monday Night Raw, the two matches that would have the biggest impact going forward were both interpromotional matches, the Seth Rollins-Miz match and Samoa Joe-Roman Reigns match. And since Raw won both of those matches and Joe and Miz are both on SmackDown now, there wouldn't be any carryover to those matches. There would be... Uh, just an end uh, conclusion to those rivalries. And now we're ready for Raw, as we saw last night, to start building toward the Money in the Bank pay-per-view coming up in just six weeks. So it's kind of a, a long uh, separation they have between two pay-per-views, but I guess now that's what they're going to be going back to with just having one pay-per-view a month since all 12 pay-per-views are going to be uh, cross-brand pay-per-views now. And what I like about um, Money in the Bank is that they're going to have two Money in the Bank matches where the Money in the Bank ladder matches will be cross-branded. There'll be one for the women and one for the men. Eight eight men involved in theirs, eight women involved in theirs. Uh, starting last night, we saw you know, some qualifying begin on the Raw side where you know, Kurt Angle came out to open up the show to announce uh, Money in the Bank, announce the fact that there would be the two ladder matches before he was interrupted by uh, Braun Strowman talking about his uh, recent history and uh, how he deserved to be in the Money in the Bank match before he was interrupted by Kevin Owens who took exception to saying he deserved to be in the match and deserved and called himself the MVP of Raw even claiming that he was the illegal man pinned in the tag team matchup against Strowman and Lashley on Sunday night. So what Kurt Angle decided to do and what's become a typical trademark of Monday Night Raw, let's open up the show with a promo in the ring that leads to setting up a match right after that. They, they do that way too much. Like last week, they had Roman Reigns come out before he was confronted by Mahal, by Zayn, by uh, Kevin Owens only to get saved by Lashley and Strowman, and then that led to a match uh, later in the night. It seems like they do that each and every single week on Raw, where it begins with a promo and it leads to a match either getting set up right after that or a match being set up later in the night. It's... It can't be a trend that continues. You want to do it every once in a while, fine. But that's kind of a a boring, lazy way to begin Raw each and every single week. Now, what was interesting about the match between Strowman and Kevin Owens uh, for spotting the money in the bank is it wasn't your typical, oh, Braun Strowman just runs over his opponent uh, and, uh, and takes him out. No, that... Kevin Owens had his moments uh, during this, whether it be doing the, the tornado DDT from the guardrail, almost getting a count out uh, victory. 
or the frog splash uh, that you almost felt like Owens was going to win over him. But no, his momentum each time was just short-lived, and it uh, uh, got Strowman uh, ticked off. And I, I love what they do with Strowman, where he he runs around the ring and just flat out runs over his opponent like he's a, a semi truck. It, it's hysterical every time, as long as n no one gets hurt. And now this uh, this match. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't just a complete one-sided because then that would have uh, been a uh, bad look for Owens. They presented him as a real threat, but the, uh, the monster amongst men has been on just such a roll as of recently, winning the tag titles, winning the um, greatest Royal Rumble match, winning at Backlash. His perform you won't even go before that, his performance at the Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar and Kane, or his performance in the Elimination Chamber, eliminating five of his six opponents. Braun Strowman needs to be part of this ladder match. I'm glad they had him uh, do that. Plus, you know, with uh, Kevin Owens, I think there's other plans in mind for him that they probably continued to uh, stew over and build toward later in the night. The second match of the night was a six-person tag team matchup with Baron Corbin teaming with The Revival against No Way Jose and Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews of Titus Worldwide. And now this match, it felt like a um, spot that was not there, nothing more than just build up Baron Corbin to... Uh, Build him up as the big uh, star here because we all know with Titus Worldwide and No Way Jose, they have their limitations as uh, gimmicks. Uh, I mean, Apollo Crews could probably be a good mid carder on his own, but part of Titus Worldwide, he's uh, a bit limited in uh, the gimmick there um, as a tag team wrestler. And with uh, the revival, they, they keep, they seem like they're always on that borderline where they're jumping back and forth between tag team contention and, and just being thrown into a, a match to fill up space. This was about Corbin now getting uh, revenge on No Way Jose. After uh, losing to him last week, thanks to distraction from Titus Worldwide, and to put him over as a guy that is looking to qualify for the money in the bank matches. And, you know, Corbin is a guy that they've always had uh, big plans for, always uh look to build up as a top guy, but every time you think that they're about to carry him over the edge, uh, uh, something uh, falls falls apart there like after he won the, the uh Andre the Giant Battle Royal he had that series of matches against Dolph Ziggler that was just kind of like a a, a way to slowly build him up but didn't didn't seem to do a lot of relevant big things in his first year on uh, the SmackDown Live roster until he won Money in the Bank last year. And then, as we know, lost it after just one month. They they made that up to him by giving him a, a short reign as United States champion and beating The Miz at Survivor Series. But since then, uh, they've been uh, 
trying to figure out what to do with Corbin and hopefully for his sake that they do get him in this money in the bank matchup playoff his failure of last year plus I'd, lo- I'd love to see uh, him versus Braun Strowman in a ladder match see how those two big guys do throwing ladders around and having them available to their use as weapons Now, as we said, there's going to be a women's Money in the Bank ladder match, this time uh, interpromotional at Money in the Bank due to last year just being a SmackDown uh, pay-per-view. And you had your first qualifier for that match last night in a triple threat match between Ruby Riot, Sasha Banks, and Ember Moon. And, of course, wherever Ruby Riot shows up, she's going to have... Uh, Liv Morgan and uh, Sarah Logan of the Riot Squad there along with her and would add to the theme of this match because Triple Threat, it's no disqualification, so they're well within their rights to get involved in the match. And early on, Riot didn't need their help, was getting control of it. But as the the match progressed, uh, she... um, was faced with uh, the overwhelming odds of facing both of them because there were times where she was able to eliminate uh, Sasha Banks and just uh, concentrate on Ember Moon and then times where she was able to eliminate Moon and just control on Banks but then uh, once Banks started get going and uh, took the fight to her that's when uh, you saw the rest of the Riot Squad start to get involved including when Riot attempted to do a Hurricaneana off the top rope and Banks uh, countered it into that roll-up, that's when Morgan and uh, uh, Logan got involved, broke up the pen, uh, only for this time Bailey to actually come out and save Sasha Banks, uh, getting involved in the, the fight against uh, the Riot squad, causing a, a distraction at the time for for Riot, and it looked like Banks was going to actually win this match w- with the, the uh, Banks statement, but she had her set it up for it. Um, Ember Moon came off the top rope and, and hit both of them with the, the Eclipse causing uh, the back of Riot's head to uh, conk uh, the front of uh, Sasha Banks' face, uh, allowing Moon to get the win and get in Money in the Bank. And this does a couple of things here. Gives a big win for Ember Moon. She's someone that they should build up as a big star in the uh, women's division after her run down in NXT as uh, NXT Women's Champion. I mean, in her time in NXT, she only lost to two people. She lost uh to Asuka, who everyone lost to. Uh, she lost her uh, two, on two takeovers last year. And then uh, when she lost the women's title last month at TakeOver uh, to Shayna Baszler. Uh, other than that, she's uh, been a uh, top women's wrestler since she uh, first appeared on NXT over a, a year and a half ago. And that's the way she should remain on uh, Monday Night Raw. What this match also does is it now sets up an interesting rivalry with the Riot Squad, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Bailey and Sasha Banks put their differences aside and go after the Riot Squad, or is there going to be continued issues there between uh, Banks and Bailey? Because remember, Bailey tried to throw an olive branch to Sasha Banks during the kickoff show at Backlash, uh, asking her to be in her corner, and Sasha refused. Sasha didn't come out 
Tal Parham when she was dealing with the odds of the Riot Squad, just like Bailey had did last week. Now, with uh, the two of them each ha having uh, to uh, deal with uh, the Riot Squad interfering in their matches in back-to-back uh, -back nights, can they put their differences aside and go after them and set up a, a, uh, a tag team feud in the women's division of Monday Night Raw? Throughout the night, you saw several superstars campaigning to get in qualifying matches to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match on both the women's side, on the men's side. You saw several of those. I guess they're backstage videos that the superstars are shooting on their phone. It's supposed to be almost like a, a Snapchat video that they're, they're posting of them all talking about how they wanted to be involved in Money in, in the Bank, whether it be on the women's side with Alexa Bliss and Natalia, the men, you saw tag teams uh, put their name in there, like Breezango, The Ascension, they were making comments about it. You saw superstars go to the general manager and even want to put their name in there like Zack Ryder as being last night they were in his hometown of uh, Long Island, New York. Well, as he was talking to Kurt Angle, uh, Jinder Mahal and uh, Sunil Singh uh, burst into uh, his office and demanded that he be put in a match um, to qualify for Money in the Bank annoyed that Roman Reigns was getting a not another opportunity, uh, complaining about him getting opportunity after opportunity, demanding that if that he it should be a fatal four-way match uh, between him, uh, Finn Balor, uh, Sami Zayn, and Roman Reigns in the main event uh, to qualify for Money in the Bank. And Kurt told him no, told him that if uh, you want to earn an opportunity at a Money in the Bank qualifier, you got to win a match, something that you haven't done since you got here. So he put him in a, a rematch from a couple of weeks ago, going up against uh, Chad Gable, who Chad Gable has quickly turned into a Monday Night Raw that you know, gutsy underdog t type uh, babyface. Uh, the the guy. Uh, the guy can get it done in the ring, as we've seen over the last several years on SmackDown Live and on NXT. And because of his uh, size difference um, compared to some of the other superstars, he, he comes off as a as a believable guy overcoming odds. Even though you know he's a former Olympian, was a wrestler in college and in high school, has a, a great athletic background. He, he's in a land of giants, and he, uh, I don't want to say he's, uh, you know, Raw's Daniel Bryan, because he's not at that level yet. He's got to uh, earn that over time, but he, he's a guy that comes off believable based on his size difference uh, compared to other wrestlers. That's why, you know, a couple weeks ago, it, it was a huge boost to him pulling off that upset over Mahal, and he almost pulled it off again. Ironically, he almost uh, pulled off a 1-2-3 a Kid-esque uh, uh, upset on him when he did the moonsault, the standing moonsault off the top rope to uh, Mahal and was pinning him a la 
one, two, three kid about uh, 25 years ago uh, against Razor Ramon on Monday Night Raw, still considered the biggest upset in, in the history of uh, Monday Night Raw. But uh, due to distraction outside from Singh and the overwhelming size of Mahal just turned out to be too much from a especially built momentum through the match and they uh, before Mahal hit the the running knee and then the colossus on him, allowing him to pick up the victory. And you now it, it did a couple things. A, as I said, continued to put over Gable as as a gutsy uh, little guy that fans can get behind. And Mahal, he needed to get a victory. He's lost his first three matches on Monday Night Raw, including losing the United States title. Uh, as I've said in recent weeks, you don't want to. You know, completely throw away what he's done last year because he's turned himself into a legitimate main eventer with some of his performances and how much heat he draws from the fans when he enters an arena. So hopefully, you know, the win last night for him gets him a money in the bank qualifier. But hey, that's really only the beginning of the story of how last night would go for Jinder Mahal. For the third straight week, Elias and Bobby Roode faced off on Monday Night Raw. And I, I don't have a problem with their matches in general. In fact, I've, I've been entertained each time. You had two weeks ago a surprising victory by Elias in Roode's first match on Monday Night Raw. Then you had the inconclusive ending last week when Bobby Roode got hurt and Elias had declared himself the winner, although the referee had never ruled the winner in that match. Now this week, Rude comes uh, back after interrupting Elias's performance at Backlash on Sunday night and is able to pull off uh, a victory even after Elias seemingly was able to counter uh, um, most of his uh, offense and have control for um, most of the match. Rude showed resiliency, eventually got to a point where he could hit him with the glorious uh, DDT and pull off the, the victory um, before uh, expressing his interest to enter the Money in the Bank ladder match and get in a qualifying situation there. But this has been overexposed these last three weeks between these two. Having them face three consecutive weeks on Monday Night Raw when there was really no buildup. There was no confrontation. There was no tension between the two of them before this. It just it sort of became a thing where they were facing each other each week. And I didn't quite understand it at the, the time, and I still don't understand it now between uh, the two of them. I mean, they're both good workers. The matches have, have been good. It's just three straight weeks, the, the same match. I hope I hope this puts the, the end to this uh, short-lived rivalry. I mean, later on, if you want to actually build something between the two of them where there's some actual lengthy rivalry, there's actual tension between the two of them where, you know, each week one of them is interfering in the other's match, causing a distraction, something like that. But to have them face three consecutive weeks, I think it's a waste of both of their times on, on Monday Night Raw. The time that they could be used to uh, put it in uh, different uh, mid-card rivalries. 
Right now, the Raw Tag Team Division is kind of in a state of flux. You're not sure the direction that things are going because there's a lot of makeshift tag teams. There's a lot of teams that feel like they're just thrown together. Yeah, you have the Authors of Pain, you have the Revival, there's Titus Worldwide, although I don't think anyone right now takes them as a serious threat for the tag team championships based off how their gimmick is. But you have a lot of teams where you know, they just feel put together. Kind of like you got Axel and Bo Dallas, who they still don't have a name to them. You have the uh, team of Heath Slater and Rhino, who I know that they were the first ever SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. But right now they're uh, kind of in the spot of that fill-in team when uh, someone uh, needs to just be put over or you want to take our current raw tag team champions of uh, the destroyers of worlds uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt which every time they come out it, it also leads to interesting commentary where Michael Cole complains about the fact that he's being trolled on Twitter by Matt's three-year-old son King Maxwell and Senor Benjamin and then, and uh, Corey Graves goes into talking about all the wokenness and how um, that uh, no one else understands the uh, wokenness. Uh, I still don't even understand it, but I love it. It's been a great gimmick ever since he started it back in Impact Wrestling in 2016. But that's kind of the way the tag team division is right now with all these throw-together teams. Like last night, you saw... the. Uh, Hardy and Wyatt go up against uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Um, I'm surprised they didn't play any shade into the idea that Bray Wyatt and uh, uh, Bo Dallas, they're actually brothers in real life. I'm actually surprised that's never come up in the the storyline there. But I guess based off of how they built up Bray Wyatt the last several years, it'd be kind of weird if now you you all of a sudden reference that Bo Dallas is actually his uh, legitimate brother. But... uh, the uh, Destroyer of Worlds picked up a, another victory in their run as tag team champions last night. This time, instead of hitting a double twist of fate, they actually hit a, du- a double sister Abigail um, uh, to uh, pick up the uh, victory and uh, continue their hot run as tag team champions. I, I got to be honest, still, I never saw this coming when they started this rivalry back in December that all of a sudden, four or five months later that they would be Raw Tag Team Champions together. But, you know, to keep them uh, them fresh, keep their momentum going after not having a, a match either on Raw last week or uh, at Backlash, they went over fairly easily on Axel and Dallas, who they're still trying to, to kind of find their way as a team now that they no longer have uh, the Miz to uh, protect them on Monday Night Raw or the way it really looked, them protecting Miz. That's kind of the, the way the tag division is right now. I'll tell you, the team that I'm very much intrigued by that we saw last night is this team that's gotten started over the last several weeks between uh Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Remember, Dolph Ziggler came over in the Superstar Shakeup and brought uh, 
McIntyre with him uh, because uh, Ziggler was feeling stagnant, was hoping that McIntyre would uh, spark a, a re- revelation in his career, uh, give his career a new life. And th- that this team has really done that. It's given uh, Dolph a fresh look to his character, fresh feel to his character by having this big guy to team up with that they've no, they've been a dominant team so far uh, since uh, joining the Monday Night Raw roster. Whether it be rolling over Titus Worldwide, the uh, last week they uh, ran over a couple of scrubs. Now this week they were facing uh, the team of uh, Heath Slater and Rhino. Heath Slater, when he was in the ring with Drew McIntyre, actually uh, brought up their old group that they used to have with Jinder Mahal about three years ago during uh, McIntyre's first run in WWE called 3MB. But Drew wasn't having any of that. This is a much more serious Drew McIntyre, much more intense uh, Drew McIntyre. And they were able to pick up an easy victory over Slater and Rhino. I love the the tag team finisher that the two of them done. The fact that they are able to incorporate uh, both of them's finisher with uh, Ziggler's zigzag and um, McIntyre's Claiborne kick to combine it together for a tag team finisher. And now I, I see uh, nothing but you know, good momentum and things going up for this team. This is a, a team to watch over the next several weeks and months to see where they go for from here because you know at some point they got to get them involved in a legitimate rivalry or legitimate storyline. I mean for maybe a couple more weeks they can do this whole thing where they just go out there and kick someone's ass each week and, and make it look easy but eventually you have to have someone for them to have some sort of uh, tag team rivalry with someone that they're having issues with in whether it be in the raw tag team division or some uh, single superstar that they get in the mix with. Right now, when you talk about the most over superstars on the Monday Night Raw roster, the the, the superstars that get the biggest pop, the group the best reaction positively from the fans. You would have to say it's Braun Strowman and the current Intercontinental Champion, Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins has been on such an amazing run here in 2018. You you could definitely make the argument that he's not just the best wrestler on Monday Night Raw, but in all of WWE with how each week he goes out there and puts on show-stealing performances. The, putting on the match that maybe it wasn't the main event, but it's the match you're talking about either later that night or the next day with your friends. And you know that without an obvious direction for Money in the Bank right now, without a a new number one contender for Seth, they, they needed to, a way to keep that momentum going. And last night he shows up in uh, Long Island, and the crowd was just amped. I mean that that was. Maybe the loudest I've ever heard the crowd yell, burn it down, during his uh, opening of his entrance theme. He came out to the ring, talked about how um, 
much credit he gave to The Miz, but now since Miz is on SmackDown Live, he's moving on from that and looking toward the future and wanted to continue to show that the Intercontinental title is the title, the top title in uh, the brand and top title in uh, WWE. Wanted to give the fans a champion they deserve to show he's a fighting champion, show that unlike Brock Lesnar, he's there every week uh, ready to defend his title. So he issued an open challenge uh, for the Intercontinental Championship and it was Answered of all people by Mojo Rawley. I think this is I think this is the first time we've seen Mojo since he moved over to Monday Night Raw. And Mojo, you know, quickly got the crowd against them when he started talking trash about their hometown boy, his former tag team partner Zach Ryder, and uh, then quickly accepted the uh, challenge uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. And now it was a uh, Pretty good showing for Mojo Rawley. Showed his uh, strength advantage over Seth Rollins, his uh, uh, size advantage that he has over him. Seizing uh, control of the match early on, able to elude some of uh, Seth Rollins' aerial assault. But no, Seth Rollins was just a little too much for Mojo last night. Eventually able to get into his arsenal it, look, it looked like at certain points you could have had a new Intercontinental Champion, especially with how much uh, uh, Raleigh was able to control Seth and, and use his strength advantage uh, to, uh, to get control of him, even uh, countering uh, the high knee once able to elude uh, the blackout stomp from Rollins, but event eventually, you know, uh, Rollins uh, was able to uh, put off, uh, off the challenge of Mojo Raleigh, hit all three of his finishers, including the high knee, the super kick, and uh, the uh, blackout curb stomp to uh, seal the victory. And, you know, I liked the idea of this. Maybe they're going to go with the run here now of Seth Rollins coming out each week and making an open challenge for the Intercontinental Championship. He seemingly did it last week when Finn Balor came out to face him for the title. Now this week, Mojo gets shot. It gives him two things here. Number one, it gives a lot of legitimacy to the Intercontinental Championship, keeps it uh, its importance going by having it defended each week and giving a new challenger an opportunity that they may not have had otherwise. And continues uh, to uh, build uh, Seth Rollins' uh, momentum that he's had going because he doesn't have a, a direct uh, storyline, doesn't have a direct uh, challenge uh, Heading as we head toward uh, money in the bank, so you know an open open challenge. A lot what they did with the U.S. title the last couple of years, whether it be um, John Cena doing that, or it be Roman Reigns. I think even Bobby Lashley started doing the United States Championship open and challenge, or Bobby Roode, excuse me, um, started doing that United States Championship Open Challenge last year on SmackDown Live. So maybe this is uh, an idea here to uh, you know, have new, different, interesting opponents for Seth each week by uh, putting out there the Open Challenge for uh, the Intercontinental Championship, which right now you've got to say it's the most uh, prestigious title on Monday Night Raw because, hey, 
He's there every week. Brock, we're still wondering when the next time he's going to actually show up. The main event for Monday Night Raw was a triple threat Money in the Bank qualifying match between Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, and Sami Zayn. Now, they did plenty of build-up toward this match throughout the night, whether it be Roman Reigns' interview with Mike Rome talking about how he's still uh, ticked off about the decision in the cage match in Saudi Arabia, feeling that the system's against him, giving too much privileges to Lesnar, and that he wanted in in the Money in the Bank ladder match due to the fact that winning the contract would give him control over the situation on getting the Universal title. Then you saw Sami Zayn talking with Kevin Owens backstage. Kevin's still disappointed over losing his opportunity to get in that match to uh, Braun Strowman earlier the night. And Zayn uh, wanted uh, Kevin to have his back, wanted to make sure he was going to be there for him if he needed him last night. And Kevin kind of gave him a, a non-decisive answer there. So you get to the main event, and wisely they had uh, Balor and Zayn work together on Roman Reigns and actually got a huge pop from the crowd. Anytime you have multiple guys taking out Roman Reigns, who's seemingly become the guy that everyone loves to hate, uh, you're going to get a a good response. And they were even able to both hit their finishing maneuvers to him outside the ring when things uh, spilled over into the crowd with Zayn hitting the haluva kick to Roman over a guardrail and then uh, Balor climbing on some uh, technical uh, uh, boxes and jumping off to do the coup de grace only to end their short-lived alliance when Sami Zayn hit him with a, a cheap shot as they uh, made their way back to the ring. And now the, the two of them had a pretty good back and forth there. That might be a singles match that you'd like to see a little bit down the road because I don't think we I don't think we got to see Balor and Zayn go up against each other when they were in NXT, and I don't remember last year if Finn had faced Sami Zayn when he came back from injury before Zayn went to SmackDown in uh, the Superstar Shake-Up, so that's a a good opportunity for them to face down uh, the road, and you know, they had a, as I said, they had a pretty good back and forth there until you know Roman Reigns was going to fight back. You know he was going to get back involved in it at some point, whether it be when he came out of nowhere and dove over uh, the the ring barricade uh, to deliver a huge clothesline on Zayn and set up for the drive-by dropkick on Balor. And it looked like it was going to be another one of those typical situations where, oh, Reigns had all the odds against him, and he fought back from adversity to pull off the victory. But instead, late in the match, he's setting up the spear Finn Balor, and out of nowhere comes Jinder Mahal grabbing his feet, dragging him from out of the ring corner to the outside uh, floor, causing enough of a distraction for Finn Balor to take advantage of the opportunity, uh, hit the coup de grace on Sami Zayn, and uh, qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match coming up on June 17th from Chicago, Illinois. Now, this result did a couple things here. A, it felt too obvious that Roman Reigns was 
going to win this match. You, you, after you had the situation where fans were actually walking out prior to Joe versus Roman at Backlash, you couldn't have him get another obvious uh, win like that and be thrusted right back into a chance to get the Universal Championship. That's number one. Number two, you had to have... Finn Balor get in this ladder match. He, we've seen him do some incredible things in some of these ladder matches, whether down on NXT or some of his uh, ladder matches like he had in uh, Saudi Arabia. The guy can do some incredible things from the top of the ladders, some of the dives he can do. Plus, you're going to have seven other superstars in there. You you want him and his high-paced uh, aerial offense to be involved in that. It, this loss for Sami Zayn allows him to whine and complain about it because, um, A, he wanted Kevin Owens' help. So, uh, continuous uh Tension between them continues to build toward possibly their tag team breaking up. Also, what it does, remember, after the show, uh, Sami Zayn, they had cameras rolling on uh, WWE.com, and they had a a post-match interview with him, and he blamed this on Bobby Lashley because two weeks ago, when they lost uh, that uh, 10-man tag team matchup on uh, the... uh, Superstar shakeup, or no, two weeks ago when they lost the tag team matchup to Braun and Lashley, he uh, claimed that he got vertigo from the stalling uh, suplex by Lashley. That's why he wasn't able to compete in the greatest Royal Rumble and claims that he's still dealing with it now. So um, now you're maybe building with problems between uh, the two of them building toward a uh, singles rivalry there of Lashley versus Sami Zayn as well as this also helps out Jinder Hall because as I said earlier he n- needed that win earlier in the night versus Chad Gable and you need to get him involved in something significant with the momentum he's built over the last year you couldn't have it just come all crumbling apart uh in the first couple of weeks he's on Raw. Plus, now now you know Roman Reigns is going to want revenge. He's going to be mad that Jinder Mahal uh, cost him his uh, shot to get in the Money in the Bank ladder match, cost him another opportunity to get at the uh, WWE Universal title. And Mahal was talking trash about him all night, talking trash, saying that why does he deserve another opportunity? Now you... uh, can actually have some payoff on that. You can build up the next five weeks a rivalry between the two of them and have them face off at money in the bank. Gives Jinder Mahal a nice main event level match to have on a pay-per-view like he's been having the last year over on SmackDown and continue to build up his value on uh, Monday Night Raw instead of being involved in mid-card robberies. So that, that'll be interesting to see where they go from here because you know Roman Reigns is not going to just take this loss lying down. For Tuesday, May 8th, 2018, I'm M3, and that was my opinion. Everybody have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you again very soon. Remember, follow me on Twitter, at m 3 Rosansky. Tell all your friends about this podcast, M3's Opinion. Uh, you can find it 
either through the podcast channel or online, anchor.fm slash M3's opinion. I'll talk to you all again very soon. Peace out.